Hello and welcome to Live and Word Ministries. We're impacting lives and changing the world. Join us as we dive into the Word of God. Why am I standing here? Because he made a way when my back was against the wall. What were are those mountains that were in your life? Was it a mountain of marriage? Was it a mountain of job? Your children? Family? Friends? What was that mountain? Whatever that mountain was, the Bible said, he made a way. Not that he's going to make a way. He has already done it. He did it over 2,000 years ago on the cross. And that is why we can celebrate today. That is why that when we sang that song, were you there when they crucified my Lord? Were you there when they nailed him to the cross? Were you there when they laid in him the tomb? But there's another beat. Were you there when he rose up from the grave? And we can sing that song today to say, yes, we were there. Because he did not just stay in the grave. He rose from the grave. And that is why we are celebrating. And that is why we are victorious. Hallelujah. Amen. Please take your seat. I know we haven't got much time. Amen. Hallelujah. You know, this morning I said to myself (laughs) while I was, okay, I said a lot of churches, most churches, right, would have a lot of scriptures based on the journey of Jesus Christ to the cross. What happened from when he was condemned for what he never did, right to where he was crucified, right to where he was laid in the, in the tomb. A lot of churches will be talking about that. And it's great because we need to remind ourselves of that. You know, even up till now, if I was to watch The Passion of the Christ, I would still cry. And that's how much hold it has on me. But, you know, God is taking us another direction this evening. What happens afterwards? When it's all done and dusted, we know he was crucified. We know he laid in the cross. We know he rose again. But what happened after that? And you know, the beginning of the year, the Lord gave us a word. And I'm going to read that just to remind us. Romans 13, 11. Romans 13, 11. It says, this is all the more urgent, for you know how late it is. The hour has already come for you to awake from your slumber, because salvation, our salvation is closer now than when we first believed. Amen. Salvation is closer now. Another way of saying it is basically the return of God is closer now. If Apostle Paul was saying that the return of God is closer, how much more now? So what do we need to do? We need to be about our father's business. Amen. You know, it's interesting how most people who have shared today have shared about 
love. <laughs> and I'm going to start scripture as well. John chapter 15. John 15. It says, I am the true vine, and my father is the gardener. He cuts off every branch in me that bears no fruit. Why every branch that does bear fruit, he prunes so that it will, bear even, it will be even more fruitful. Amen. It says, you are already clean because of the word I have spoken to you. God has spoken a word to each one of us. When we got saved, he spoke a word. He, even before we got saved, he spoke words to us. Because it was that word of God that he spoke to us before we got saved that brought us to salvation. It was the word of God that brought us all to repentance. So that word is what the Bible says has made us clean. And as long as we remain in him, we will continue to remain clean in the name of Jesus. It says, remain in me. And I also will remain in you. So the onus is on us to remain in him, to seek him every single day. And as we seek him, we will find him. When we seek him with all of our heart, the scripture says. It says, no branch can bear fruit by itself. It must remain in the vine. Hallelujah. Now, if we go on to verse 16. It says, you did not choose me, but I chose you and appointed you so that you might go. You might go and bear fruit. Fruit that would last. So that whatever you ask in my name, in the name of the Father, you will get. This is my command. Love one another. Hallelujah. You know, that word, we, we, the word love is a word that we will continue to talk about till Christ returns. Because that is the word that saved us. And that is the word that would continue to save those to come in the, in the coming generations. That word love, the ultimate love of God is what caused us to repent. Is that ultimate love of God that is, that, 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 that is the reason why we're all sitting here today. It's the love that God had for us that made him send his son to come and redeem us so that we can be restored back unto him. The love of God that has been shared abroad. And that is that love that God wants us to share with each and every one of us. And that's why it says, love one another. That is my one commandment that I give to you. To love. Hallelujah. So my question to us this evening is, what do we do? Having resurrected with Christ, what is the next stage? Because we say, oh yeah, Christ died. Yes, he died. He died for me. He died for you. On the third day, he rose again. We celebrated. And we're going to be celebrating on Sunday. We'll be dancing. We'll be celebrating. But what happens after that? I think I've said this maybe once or twice to say that if all we needed to do was receive Christ as our Lord and Savior, he would have taken us home to glory as soon as we got saved. But there's more. There's more. 
There's work to be done in this city. There's work to be done in Brixton. There's work to be done in London. There's work to be done in the nations of the earth. If we cast our minds back to the beginning of the, of the Bible, Genesis chapter 12, you know, God gave a command to Abraham. He said, the Lord said to Abraham, leave your native country, your relatives, your father's family, and what? Go. That was an instruction. G-O. My acronym for that is General Overseer. Go. God is our general overseer. He's our mentor. He's our instructor. He's our teacher. He's our director. He's our coach. Go. So that general overseer, our God, our Father, the one who created us, is telling us to go. He told Abraham to go. And what does the Bible say? It says, go to the land I will show you, and I will make you into a great nation. I will bless you and make you famous, and you will be a blessing to others. I will bless those who bless you and curse those who treat you with contempt. It says, all the families of the earth will be blessed through you. And what does the Bible say in verse 4? So Abraham departed as the Lord had instructed. That's where I'm going with this. God said, Abraham, go. Do you know that he did not tell him where he was going? But because Abraham trusted so much in the Lord, in God, he obeyed immediately. The Bible says, once have you spoken, twice have I heard. Abraham went. And that wasn't the only time. In Genesis 22, God said to Abraham again, take your son, your only son. Yes, Isaac, whom you love so much. And go to the land of Moriah. Go and sacrifice him as a burnt offering on one of the mountains. And what does the Bible say? Early the next morning. He was not praying in tongues all night. I mean, even though tongues weren't available then. He wasn't, you know, he, he wasn't hiding. The Bible says early the next morning, he got up in obedience and got on his donkey. When God says go, what do we do? We go. Yes, Lord. When God called Noah and gave him an instruction, what did he do? He obeyed. Even though we, we weren't there, but we know, we can perceive that people were laughing at him. You're building a boat. Where is the, where is the rain? It hasn't rained for so many years. Because the wisdom, God's wisdom, is like foolishness. You, you, you can't comprehend it. And that's why when God says to a, an individual, this is what I want you to do. Unless you are in the spirit, it will be difficult to understand. Moses was going about his business, doing his own thing. 
And then he was doing what we call in my language, Ojumito. Ah, what's there? Let me see, what's there? But it was God attracting him to that. And God said to Moses as well, what do I want you to do? I want you to go. Go and do what? To go and, I said, oh, let, let's just read it. Exodus chapter 3. I'm trying to rush because of time, but, you know, I, I know I'm not going to be able to finish. The Exodus 3, verse 7, it says, The Lord said to, uh, to Moses, I have indeed seen the, the, the mystery of my people in Egypt. I have heard them crying out because of their slave drivers, and I am concerned about their suffering. So I have come down to rescue them from the hand of the Egyptians. Are there any Egyptians in your life? God has come down to rescue you through Jesus Christ from the hands of the Egyptians in your life. Because the Bible says that the Egyptians we see today, we will see them no more in the mighty name of Jesus. So wherever those Egyptians are, are they in your finances? Are they in your marriage? Are they in your children? Are they in your workplace? Wherever they are, you see them no more in the mighty name of Jesus. Because of what Christ has done today on the cross of Calvary. Hallelujah. He says, so I have come down to rescue them from the hand of the Egyptians and to bring them up out of that land into a good and a spacious land. A land flowing with milk and honey. Hallelujah. Verse 10 says, so now go. Another instruction. I am sending you to Pharaoh to bring my people out, my people, the Israelites, out of Egypt. As God sent his son, Jesus Christ, onto the cross today for us, he is bringing us out of Egypt. He is taking us to that promised land. You see, every time God spoke to someone in the Bible, he either spoke to them to say, I have come to bless you, which he said to Jacob, because of the covenant I have with your father Abraham, I have come to bless you. I'm reaffirming that blessing in your life. Or he gives an instruction. But when God gives us an instruction, it is because he wants to bless us. I said last week, there's always a return on investment when it comes to the things of God. God does not. He wouldn't leave us hanging. He says, I'll never leave you nor forsake you. We know the, we're, we're Bible scholars. We know these scriptures inside out. So when God says, go, it's because it's an opportunity for, her, for him to bless us. Otherwise, he would raise up stones. God's not going to raise up stones in my place. The Bible says in Matthew chapter 10, Matthew 10, verse 1, it says, Jesus called his 12 disciples together and, he, and gave them authority to cast out evil spirits and to heal every kind of diseases and illnesses. Verse 5 says, Jesus sent out the 12 disciples with this instruction. Don't go to the Gentiles or the Samaritans, but only to the people of Israel, God's lost sheep. 
Our God is the same yesterday, today, and forever. So that means that the instruction that he gave then, he is giving that instructions now. And he will give those instructions even in the years to come. So basically, he is saying to each one of us that we should go. Go where? Go to the prisons. Go to the marketplaces. Go to the highways, to the byways. A few weeks ago, I think, I, I'm not sure, I, I said, you know, we need to stop getting comfortable in church. Sunday, Sunday medicine. We need to stop getting comfortable. We need to ask God, what is this you would have me do? And that's why that scripture in Romans chapter 12, 1 and 2, the message is so, it's so dear to me now. It says, readily understanding what God wants for you to do and doing it. Not wasting time. Here I am, Lord, send me. It says, go and announce to them that the kingdom of heaven is near. Verse 7, heal the sick. Raise the dead, cure those who have leprosy, and cast out demons. It says, give as freely as you have received. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Even after he rose up from the dead, Mark 16 says, after, after he appeared in different forms to two of his followers who were walking with him from Jerusalem into the country, he says they rushed back to tell the others, ah, Christ has risen. He has risen from the dead. But no one believed him. So later, still later, he appeared to, it was now the 11 disciples, as they were eating together. So they were going about their business. And he rebuked them for their stubborn unbelief because they refused to believe those who had seen him after he had risen from the dead. These were guys that had been with Jesus Christ for three and a half years. They still got it wrong. They still got it wrong. And that basically says to myself and to you that we will still get it wrong. But we have a God that is merciful. As we get it wrong, we go back to him. I've missed it, Lord, but I'm coming back to you. I'm coming back to the heart of worship. I'm coming back to that place of worship because it's all about you. What would you have me do? What would you have me do? Go into all the world and proclaim the gospel. Go to your workplaces, to the hospitals, to the prisons, to the places that people don't want to go. Hallelujah. And as you go, preach the good news. Testify of the one who has created us. One thing Jesus said time and time and time again is, I must be about my father's business because I haven't got much time. Eighty years, 
90 years, 100 years, 120 years is still not enough time. Because every single day, the outward body is perishing, whether we like it or not. Thank God that we are, we are spirit beings. So our spirits are growing stronger. Hallelujah. Go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. That is what we're commanded to do. And as a roundup, I just want to share this scripture with us because I think it's, it, it just really sums it up. We all know about Apostle Paul and how he came to encounter the Lord Jesus Christ on the way to Damascus. Acts chapter 9. Verse 1 says, Then Saul, still breathing threats and murder, murders against the disciples of the Lord, went, on the high, went to the high priest and asked for letters from him to the synagogue of Damascus, so that if he found any who, was, who were of the way, that meant that if he found any Christians, whether men or women, he might bring them bound to Jerusalem. He was on a mission. But as he journeyed and came close to Damascus, and suddenly a light shone around him from heaven. Then he fell down to the ground and heard a voice saying, Saul, Saul, why are you persecuting me? And he said, who are you, Lord? Then the Lord said, I am Jesus, whom you are persecuting. You know, how many of you know that when the children of God are persecuted, that means that that person is persecuting God. And that's why God says, we are the apple of his eyes. No one touches the anointed of the almighty God. Amen. And this is where I'm going with this. He says, so trembling and astonished, he said, Lord... What do you want me to do? Family, that is the question we should be asking this morning, or this evening. That is the question we should be asking every day. Lord, what would you have me do? There's so much that needs to be done. So much prayers, so much evangelism, so much Bible study, so much preaching. So much in the helps ministry, so much worship, so much praise. Each one of us has been given a gift. Let us use it to the glory of God. Whatever it is. But one thing is crucial. Lord, what would you have me do? What God would have me do is different from what God would have you do. It might be the same, but our style will be different. Because there's a way that God uses certain people to reach out to certain people. So as a roundup, I want to encourage us every single day when we speak to our Father in heaven. What would you have me do today, Lord? And as he speaks, let us be quick 
to respond so that the Lord will bless us. Amen. Hallelujah. Thank you so much. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Father. We bless your name. We give you praise. We're so, so grateful, Father. We're so grateful for your word. We're so grateful for your son who laid down his life as a sacrifice for each and every one of us. When we were destined to death, he took our place. He traded places with us. Father, we are grateful. We traded our sorrows for the joy of the Lord. We traded our sickness. We traded our pain. You took our place. And you will do it again and again. On this day, Father God, as we come to celebrate, because it's a celebration, because we know that at the end of it, even though it was painful, at the end of it, we were victorious. And we are still victorious, Lord. So we know that on this day, Father God, many, 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 many years ago, you suffered in the hands of those whom you came to save, Lord. As Father, we say thank you for that. Because even though you suffered in their hands, you still loved them and you still died for them and you still love them now. You still love us now, Lord. And you still love the generations to come because that price was paid once and for all. It's your, it's your love, Father God, for us that hung your son on the cross of Calvary. That love that knows no bounds, Lord. It has no limits. It's a limitless love. Who else could have done this for us? No one. No one. Not even our parents, Father, could have loved us this much. So we say thank you, Father. Thank you for the sacrifice. Thank you, Father, that we can experience intimacy, Father, with you. Thank you, Father, that we can come before your throne. Any time of the day or night, we have free access. We have intimate access unto you, Father God. Lord, we are so grateful. We are so, so grateful, Lord. That when our backs were against the wall, you made a way. And you continue, Father God, to make a way. We thank you because, because of you, victory is ours on all sides. In the mighty name of Jesus. Our desire, Father God, is that when we speak, when you speak, we'll be quick to answer. We will go wherever it is you send us. Because, Father, you are our general overseer. You are our instructor. You are our teacher. You are our father, our coach, our mentor. You are everything to us, oh God. And that's why the Bible says that it is in you we live and move and have our being. 
Without you, we cannot bear any fruits. So, Father, help us to continuously abide in you every single day of our lives so that we can bear more fruit. In Jesus' mighty name, amen and amen. If you were blessed by today's message, why not share it with a loved one? And as always, stay connected by visiting our website at www.lwmi.org.uk. We hope you were blessed.